0: On today's episode of District Divided, I recap the 20-15 loss to the Seattle Seahawks this past Sunday. Close game, but not enough from your Washington football team. We then get into off-the-field stuff. Dwayne Haskins has made some headlines. We get into that. And then we get into the State of the Union, your D.C. sports wraparound coverage. The Washington Spirit made another big trade. The Washington Wizards began their season, and the Caps are going to be beginning their season very shortly. And then we conclude with a preview against the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. So in the meanwhile, kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. It is December 24th, Christmas Eve 2020, and your Washington football team has a chance to win the division this Sunday. With a win over Ron Rivera's old team, the Carolina Panthers, and a Giants loss to the Baltimore Ravens, your Washington football team would be NFC East division champions for 2020. And this scenario was created in larger thanks last week to the Arizona Cardinals and Cleveland Browns beating the Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants, respectively. We did ourselves no favors by losing, in retrospect, a very winnable game against the Seattle Seahawks by a score of 20 to 15. Let's go over what went wrong. And there were three things that did. Number one, we could not stop the run. The Seattle Seahawks ran the ball 26 times for 181 yards, averaging a whopping 7 yards a carry. Even taking away Russell Wilson's 6 carries for 52 yards, that is still an average of 6.5 yards a carry. Seattle's longest run of the season came from Russell Wilson on a 38-yard scramble, only to be broken later by Carlos Hyde's 50-yard touchdown run. You are not going to win games if you cannot stop the run. Number two, because the run was established, we hardly got to Russell Wilson. In fact, we basically never got to him. Zero sacks on the day. We have an amazing defensive line. Zero sacks. And we said last week to turn him over twice and sack him five times. That's how the Buffalo Bills, New York Giants, LA Rams, that's how they beat Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks only one interception thrown by Russell Wilson and zero sacks. And number three, Dwayne Haskins was not good enough. It was his best game of the season though. 38 of 55 for 295 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, a QBR of 57.6, a season high. That being said, he got an opportunity to play a historically bad pass defense. And we only had three points through three quarters. The three points came on a two minute drill, which defenses always play as Ben don't break. They want to give you three points. And so we got the three points. The defense won that. And yes, you can complain about the defense not stopping the run. Yes, you can complain about Dustin Hopkins missing that extra point. We could have been driving for a field goal instead of a touchdown late in the game. And yes, you can even complain about some drops. Those were unfair to Dwayne Haskins. But both interceptions were on Dwayne. The first one was thrown behind Cam Sims. Why were there two receivers in the area? Honestly, not sure. Seems like it was a broken play. Seems like you got to ask Scott Turner that. But why throw that ball? You're just asking for trouble. And the second one was very bad. The first one, some people thought, okay, maybe that wasn't on Dwayne. I feel it was. The second one, everyone knows was on Dwayne. He underthrew Cam Sims and DJ Reed got an easy one off of him. Now he showed flashes in the fourth quarter. Again, those last two drives, well, two out of the three drives led to 12 points, but it was too little, too late. Once again, we lost the game twenty to fifteen to the Seattle Seahawks. And speaking of too little too late, the writing is on the wall for Dwayne Haskins. After the loss, his girlfriend posted pictures of them with strippers and maskless. What a fucking idiot. The reason he has not been cut Is because we don't know if Alex Smith is healthy or not, and we face a must-win game against the Carolina Panthers. Once again, if we beat Carolina and the Giants lose to the Ravens, we are NFC East champions, and that would be one hell of a feather in the cap of Ron Rivera, so he understands what's at stake here, but Dwayne Haskins, the writing is on the wall, man. When he got drafted with the 15th overall pick, just a year ago, just a year ago, he told us, quote, I'm more motivated than ever. There's a bigger chip on my shoulder. The league done messed up, end quote. Here's what that motivation has translated to. 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a career passer rating of 76.9 and a passer rating this season of 77.7. Last year, it was around 76.1. So if we give him about 40 more years, he'll get to the hundreds. That'll be great. Alex Smith, who nearly had his leg amputated and was told to never think about playing football again at age 36, has come back into the fold, has become the starting quarterback, has a passer rating of 79 this season. It's not great, But it's better than Dwayne. Everyone can now see that Cam Newton's arm looks shot. In New England, he started off hot and something happened. His arm, I don't know what it is. Something's clearly off. He has a passer rating this year of 79.6. The Chicago Bears cannot seem to figure out their quarterback situation. They're getting a bit of life from Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Can't even stand saying his name. Passer rating of 94.8 this season, Nick Foles has a passer rating of 81. So teams that can't figure their shit out have two quarterbacks with a higher passer rating than Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith, but Dwayne was the one that was drafted last year. Inexcusable when the league done messed up, right? Here are some other quarterbacks with a higher passer rating than Dwayne's career high 77.7 this season. Number one, Daniel Jones, 78.2. Number two, Nick Mullins, 84.1. Number three, Joe Burrow, 89.8. Number four, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, 92.5. Number five, Gardner Minshew, 95.9. Number six, Justin Herbert, 96.3. That, ladies and gentlemen, is three first-round picks this year. An undrafted quarterback, a six-round pick in the same draft as Dwayne Haskins, and the first-round pick that the Giants took over him that caused him to tell the world, well, The league done messed up. Last season in his first ever win, he took a selfie during a game. He should have been on the field to kneel in his very first win in victory formation as he's starting QB against the Detroit Lions. This year, he bragged about going over 300 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. You want to know the score of the game? 31-17. We did not win. He violated COVID protocol before this instance of violation on a team where the coach had cancer. Are you kidding me? This guy is all about himself and he's feeling himself when he is barely hitting the below expectation mark. He's feeling himself when he's getting D's. That's it. I've never seen anything like this. And there's also the fact that he hasn't shown a lot in his time here when he has been playing. Last season, he had two great games to end the season against the Giants and Eagles, but then got off to a really sluggish start this season, missing checkdowns, and frankly, throws he was hitting last year, he showed immediate regression. And you contrast that with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. They are showing immediately what they're all about. You just know they are going to be very, very good. Look at the starting quarterbacks we all trust in this league. Patrick Mahomes, say we all trust him. Aaron Rodgers, this year's MVP, it's going to happen. Sure you trust him. Russell Wilson, the guy we've played this Sunday, this past Sunday. They all started their careers pretty quickly. Haskins has not. Your hope is that he is in a Ryan Tannehill situation. Tannehill did not do that well in Miami. But he's now doing great with the Tennessee Titans. That would involve a change of scenery for Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, as soon as Alex Smith is back, is very likely done in Washington. And believe me, if Alex were healthy now, oh, Ron Rivera wants him gone so badly. He wants Dwayne gone so badly, but he knows he needs him. And that's where it is. Instead, Dwayne Haskins gets a slap on the wrist. He was fined $40,000 and stripped of the captaincy. And just like Ron Rivera wants, let's shift focus. The team can win the division this weekend. That will be the focus moving forward. The culture change still very much on. Very much on. But Ron knows how much this one game means. And that's why Dwayne Haskins has not been cut. But you can bet your ass he will not be here next year. We're using him, and he's got an opportunity to use us. Throw five touchdowns on Sunday. Make us all proud. Do something. Because up until now, you've done nothing. And with that, let's jump into the State of the Union, your DC Sports wraparound coverage. Man, there is a lot to go over in this State of the Union. Let's begin with the football team. Chase Young and Brandon Scherf were voted to the Pro Bowl. Congrats to Chase and Brandon on the great season so far that has been recognized by the masses. Now there are some snubs I can think of that include Montez Sweat, Tressway, and Terry McLaurin who have all been immense for the team this season. And free agent acquisition, we picked up linebacker Michael Kendricks off of Seattle's practice squad. Once again, we were missing Cole Holcomb and Kevin Pierre-Lewis last week, and Sean Dion Hamilton went to IR, so lots of shifting pieces at the linebacker position. Now let's go to the hardwood. The Washington Wizards began their season yesterday in Philadelphia, and they lost 107 to 113 to the Philadelphia 76ers, but there were lots of positives to draw from the game. One, the defense at times was tenacious and looked much better than years past. And a lot of that could be thanks to Russell Westbrook. A triple-double after just three quarters in his Wizards debut, he finished with 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 15 assists. He did have a couple defensive miscues yesterday, but overall, his energy and his leadership, it's there. The energy is infectious, and that energy infected Denny Avdia, who looks like he's going to be a very very good nba player now he had a modest stat line seven points four rebounds and an assist he hit both his threes so he went two for two from the field and he went one for two from the free throw line but he plays at a very pass fast pace excuse me and to me it seems clear he is going to ball out this year and most importantly for a rookie he's fearless and if you're a plus minus believer he had the highest one on the team at plus 14. Bradley Beal led all scorers with 31 points, and we know Brad is going to be Brad. He was a beast. And our starters were better than Philadelphia's. Philadelphia has a decent starting five, but every starter of ours had a positive plus minus, while every starter of Phillies was negative, proving the point. Our bench, though, got destroyed, and we'll need to see improvement there. But this is a team with work to do. We knew that going into the season. Let's see how we progress up next for the wizards the orlando magic back to back two games against them saturday and sunday at 7 p.m on both days and then the chicago bulls two games against them tuesday at 7 p.m and thursday new year's eve at 5 p.m if we're going to be a playoff team i'd expect us to split at the very least but to actually take three out of the four games here all these games can be seen on nbc sports washington From pro basketball to college basketball, the Georgetown Hoyas lost both their games this past week and both by 11 points, so at least they're consistent. An 83-94 loss to St. John's. Senior guard Javon Blair led the Hoyas in scoring with 25 points and added five boards and six assists in this one. And then a 67-78 loss to Seton Hall, and there were only 19 first-half points in this one for Georgetown versus 33 for Seton Hall never a good sign for the rest of the game if you're only going to score 19 first half points it resulted in a loss sophomore center Kudus Wahab had a double double in this one with 16 points and 13 rebounds in 31 minutes and led us in scoring here there are no games for the Hoyas this week they're back in action on January 2nd against marquette but for next season they got some huge news five-star guard aminu muhammad signed with the hoyas not signed committed excuse me big difference there committed to the hoyas he gives georgetown the number six recruiting class as of right now for next season and then maryland maryland basketball 84 71 win over LaSalle. junior guard eric ayala led the terps in scoring with 23 points but it's sophomore forward Dante Scott who had the main highlight on a spectacular putback in this game, which ended up being number one on SportsCenter Top 10. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. He got up there. It was great to see. Up next for your Terps, tomorrow, a Christmas day battle with Purdue at 2.30 p.m. And then Monday at number nine, Wisconsin at 7 p.m. Both those games can be seen on FS1. Let's talk about hockey. The schedule is finally out. It's a 56 game schedule, beginning with a game against the Buffalo Sabres for your Washington Capitals on January 14th. The game will be taking place in Buffalo, and there is also a temporarily realigned division structure for the season. The Caps are in a division with the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, and Pittsburgh Penguins, the oh so lovable pittsburgh penguins all games will be played only against these opponents during the regular season which begins january 13th for us it begins january 14th and ends on may 8th we will play each team in our division eight times and that's how you're going to get your 56 game schedule there this season will be head coach peter laviolette's first and potentially alex ovechkin's last with the team as he enters the final year of a 13-year deal he signed way back in 2008 Ovechkin wants to stay, and I'd be shocked if we didn't have him here until the end of his career, but it is a storyline worth keeping tabs on. We also made a signing, bringing in forward Connor Sherry to a one-year $735,000 deal. Sherry scored 10 goals and had 13 assists in 63 games for the Buffalo Sabres and Pittsburgh Penguins last season. He started the season with the Sabres before being traded to the Penguins to soccer dc united danita johnson is our new president of business operations and it is a big deal because she has become the first black male or female to hold such a position in the mls and the third ever woman to hold such a position in the mls congratulations danita johnson and welcome danita to dc she comes from the la sparks where she was president and chief operating officer and also has experience previous experience with the la clippers As for on the field moves, we claim forward Adrian Perez in the MLS re-entry draft. He played with LAFC last season and can play anywhere across the front line, so he's versatile. Clear we want to increase our attacking options here. and We have a few more days to make an offer and see if he accepts. Now, if you're confused, what is a re-entry draft? It's MLS's version of free agency, essentially. So there's an order to it and you can make claims. So we claim Adrian Perez, And we also re-signed backup goalkeeper Chris Seitz to a one-year deal. From men's soccer to women's soccer, the Washington Spirit continue to make big moves. But first, we have to start with the rough news. Six players were waived. Defender Brooke Hendricks, midfielder Jay Bossier, forwards Jenna Hellstrom, Meg McCool, Jesse Scarpa, and Crystal Thomas. And that very last name, Crystal Thomas, will probably hit Spirit fans the hardest. Two different stints with the team and was beginning to play a lot more and had some positive impacts and goals for the team thank you all for your time and contribution with the washington spirit and we wish you the best of luck and maybe even get you back here at some point on the acquisition front though the spirit made another statement we traded away midfielder maggie doherty howard a 2021 first round pick a contingent first round pick either 2022 or 2023 depending on what happens and allocation money to the Orlando Pride what did we trade all that for U.S. Women's National Team center Brack Emily Sonnet center Brack what is that center back Emily Sonnet this is the second U.S. Women's National Team player that we have brought in the offseason with the 27 year old Sonnet joining Kelly O'Hara as a new spirit player this offseason first on Meggie Doherty Howard. She's from Florida and according to head coach Richie Burke, she held interest in moving closer to home. So this satisfies her requirement and makes sense because it allowed us to bring in Sonnet. But she will obviously be missed. She made 68 appearances for the club and is a solid defensive midfielder. Thank you for your time with the spirit, Meggie. On to Emily Sonnet. As mentioned, she was on the World Cup winning US Women's National Team in 2019. She is best known for her time with the Portland Thorns from 2016 to 2019, where she won the title in 2017. Most recently, she played in Sweden on loan to Kaparsberg Göteborg FC, and she is a huge addition to the Washington Spirit, and that should be clear given the amount we gave up to bring her to DC. Welcome to DC, Emily, Sonnet, and finally, your Washington Nationals. They signed pitchers Javi Guerra and Jeffrey Rodriguez to minor league deals. And the bigger news here is Howie Kendrick. Retiring after a 15 year career, but what he did for this town. Unforgettable. Howie Kendrick will be a name that forever lives in DC sports history and folklore. In 2019, he hit a Grand Slam, which included the go-ahead run in Game 5 in the NLDS on the road against the LA Dodgers to win us that series. He would then take it up a few levels with a home run in Game 7 against the Houston Astros in the World Series, which included the go-ahead run. Without Howie Kendrick, would we be World Champions in 2019? I think it's pretty clear that the answer is no. Howie? Thank you for your immense, immense contribution to the history of D.C. sports. We all love you so much and enjoy your retirement. Well earned, well deserved. Thank you, Howie Kendrick. And that will conclude the State of the Union. We now will get into the preview of the game against the Carolina Panthers. First, let's begin with a quick NFC East standings update. In first place, your Washington football team at 6-8. In second place, the Dallas Cowboys at 5-9. They beat the San Francisco 49ers this past weekend to get there. They play Philadelphia this weekend. In third place, the New York Giants at 5-9. They play Baltimore. And in fourth place, the Philadelphia Eagles at 4-9-1. And And as mentioned, they will be playing Dallas. We play the 4-10 Carolina Panthers. And the game got flexed from 1 p.m. to 4.05 p.m., so just make a note of that for your Sunday watching plans. Who will be quarterback? As of right now, we still don't know. Alex Smith has been limited in practice, and limited is normally a good sign, but Dwayne Haskins has been taking the starter reps in practice this week so far. So as of right now, Dwayne Haskins would be the one that plays this Sunday. For Carolina, Christian McCaffrey is likely to miss the game, as well as one of their best defenders in Brian Burns' defensive end. This is a golden opportunity, and what a narrative it is. Ron Rivera has the opportunity to deliver a division title to the nation's capital in his first season against the team that let him go. Now, the Panthers, what are they all about this season? On defense, they are not about stopping the run. They give up 4.7 yards per carry, which represents a fantastic opportunity for our running backs. And we actually do have a chance of getting Antonio Gibson back for this one. He is still questionable with the toe injury, but he did practice yesterday and he is practicing today. It is in limited fashion, but there is reason for optimism. The Panthers are also 25th in the league when it comes to opponents passer rating, giving up an average of over 100 And they are also one of the worst teams at getting to the quarterback. So if Dwayne Haskins does have to go, then this is the perfect game for it. One of his three career wins came against Carolina last season. So he does have familiarity in getting a win against them. And that one was actually on the road. So even more impressive. Carolina's offense is very much middle of the pack. They don't excel in anything. And they even have a fairly balanced pass run approach, throwing 60% of the time, which is good for 15th in the league. For Carolina, it'll be about trying to strike a balance against one of the best defenses in the league. As I'd mentioned in the early segment, linebackers Kevin Pierre-Lewis and Cole Holcomb missed the Seahawks game last week. Pierre-Lewis practiced yesterday, he's practicing today, and Rivera expressed optimism that Holcomb would return for this week. That should greatly help the run defense, but we did lose Sean Dion Hamilton, who was placed on IR this week, and I don't know if Michael Kendricks is available to play or not given the COVID protocols, needing to test negative a certain number of days in a row. We are favored by one and a half points in this one, which is basically a pick 'em game. In a game where we need it, and Carolina is looking to next season. I do expect us to come out and be the aggressors in this game. And now that I can stop picking against Washington, and I do believe that it was a big part of our winning streak, I am going to pick Washington to win this one, even if Dwayne Haskins is quarterback. I've got Washington winning this one 20-17, and I think the margin will be even bigger than that if Alex Smith is back at quarterback That's going to conclude this week's episode of District Divided. Thank you all for listening. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. If you like the podcast, please follow it on Twitter and Instagram at District Divided. There's also a Facebook page and group called District Divided. Please like and join respectively. But once again, happy holidays, everybody. I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all healthy and enjoying yourselves. And I look forward to the next one. So in the meanwhile... Polypolo, go ahead and take us out. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me.